Hey everyone, welcome back to r slash am I the booty hole, a subreddit where people post a scenario and commenters decide who's at fault. Today's post, am I the booty hole for refusing to kill the office spider despite one of my colleagues being scared of it? I've had a spider in my office space for a few months now. She's a cool, small little thing who chills near my desk and occasionally I bring her a little treats to eat. Sometimes she disappears and sometimes she comes back. I've named her. I like her. My colleague Michelle is aware of the spider and is always complaining that it's a pest and needs to be killed. Recently she saw the web, not even the actual spider, and started an official whiteboard score sheet if anyone is in favor of the spider being removed. Apparently she's super scared and terrified and being even a little bit close to my office is enough to make her jittery. Luckily. Most people voted that the spider stays, but a few of her friends wrote some strongly worded notes that the spider is a sign of poor housekeeping, etc. I must admit, I was a little peeved at this, especially because we are a pet-friendly workspace, and Michelle's own dog comes into work sometimes, and we have people who are genuinely frightened of dogs, and Michelle doesn't bother keeping her on a leash or anything. It came to a head when we were at a meeting and Michelle brought up that she refused to go into my office because of the spider and she was scared of it. My boss was a little irritated and told me to remove it or kill it. I straight up refused and told him he wouldn't ask Michelle to remove her dog and the spider is a lot less threatening than a poorly behaved dog. He ultimately agreed and since then all she's done is go on about how I don't care about her feelings and that I must enjoy watching her suffer. Everyone sucks here for being adults and arguing about something so stupid. Put the spider outside. That way you don't have to kill it and your coworker is happy. There you go. Problem solved. I put her outside plenty of times. She comes back. You set her free and she came back to you? That means you were meant to be. Michelle is just going to have to learn that she can't stand in the way of destiny. So put her back outside even just put her back outside and then gosh that must be completely different spider in the corner i have acronophobia and plausible deni deniability goes a long way towards making me more comfortable i know that spiders aren't going to hurt me and if i can lie to myself and tell myself it's gone even if it isn't it's a lot easier to shut down the lizard brain panic she sucks for not leashing her dog though I don't know, if there was suddenly a different spider in the corner, I'd start worrying that there was an infestation of them or something, and then I'd get paranoid about it anywhere in the building. I'm terrified of spiders, but I'd be more comfortable knowing it's the same one as before. I'd rather have one spider that I know stays in one place than have multiple potential spiders that could show up anywhere. I say keep the office spider as is. It's not like the lady has to go near it. Take her home and make her your pet. Maybe this is over-anthropomorphizing things, but what if this spider has a spouse and kids and a family pet and they'll lose the house if this spider stops going to the office and leaves the rest of the family financially struggling? Well, in spider law, this is a cause of spider force majeure, wherein a superior being has denied the family a means of financial income while already having a spider contract. They can go to spider claims court for a spider allowance. However, they will have to follow it up with the spider human relations to find the culprit 
that took the flea winter spider away. Yeah, everyone in that office is nuts. Definitely, we're pretty privileged and actually have pretty cool jobs. But the downside, everyone is effing nuts. I can appreciate this. I keep the spider bro too, not the a-hole. You always gotta appreciate a good spider bro. It's not Opie's job to make their coworker happy. Opie had a little spider live in a corner of my room, and it literally never left. It was there for years before my uncle painted my room and obviously killed it. The thing didn't bother me one bit, and I also dislike pretty much all bugs. I get that some people are genuinely terrified of spiders, but Michelle is being hypocritical. Additionally, if she doesn't work directly next to you, the spider will never even get close to her. Not the a-hole. I'm terrified of spiders myself, but I also know how beneficial they are to the environment. Last night at work, I caught one in a cup and let it go outside. I was terrified it was going to get on me, but I didn't have the heart to kill it either. It's unlikely she actually leaves her web. She probably has a little hidey hole somewhere near your desk she retreats to for safe resting purposes. I'm also terrified of spiders. I've got some hilarious stories of my reaction to spiders. However, I know they're good for the environment. While I might be terrified of them, I can't gate anything that eats mosquitoes. That being said, if this was me, unless that spider ended up in my cube area, I would leave her be, especially as she's turned into a work pet for you. She's being a whiny baby. Hell, even if it's a jumping spider, they can be somewhat trained. A former coworker had one that lived outside the front door of his house. He showed me the cutest video of the spider fist bumping his fingertip. And really, it's been thanks to Lucas the spider that I've gotten a better hold on my arachnophobia and seeing pictures of jumping spiders wearing water droplets as hats. So, not the booty hole. Not the booty hole, but for the spider's safety and your own sanity, I would remove it. I just had a new coworker kill a spider I had protected all summer because she hates them, and the only good spider is a dead spider. Even though others warned her it would upset me, and more importantly, it killed all the bugs crawling under the door where it lived. Now we have a bunch of bugs, it's a basement space after all, that we didn't have before. She hates those too, and I do feel a little vindicated when I hear her complain and someone else reply, we didn't have this problem when we had a spider. Not the booty hole. You named her? What's the name? Spooder, because she's a poop brown. Everyone sucks here. Your colleagues shouldn't be able to keep a dog that frightens other colleagues. However, you shouldn't keep something that frightens your colleague either. Solution is to move the spider to your home or release it or something, and she should stop bringing her dog to work. Yeah, or actually get a terrarium for the spider. I'm scared of spiders and would legitimately not be able to go into OP's office unless the spider was contained invisible. If your job requires you to work with her, either go to her office or contain Spooter when she needs to come by. Otherwise, you're definitely being an a-hole. She still sounds awful, though. Not the booty hole, though I would watch for eggs, cause that's a mess no one wants. Not the booty hole. Spiders get rid of pests. Michelle wants to introduce more pests into the workplace? Report her to HR for creating an unsafe workplace. It's a pest. This is literally not true. Spiders eat pests. 
If Michelle's phobia is generally so strong that the mere idea of a spider's presence in a nearby room is enough to make her jittery, she needs to see a therapist. More likely, this is a dramatic overreaction designed to get her way. Honestly, in your shoes, I just put the spider outside because it's really not worth all that nonsense. But regardless, you're not the booty hole. All this fuss over nothing? Where do you work where people had the time to entertain meetings over a damn spider? Everyone sucks here. Bro, it's not your pet. You didn't buy it, and you don't keep it contained the same way one would a tarantula like they bought at the store. The girl sucks, because she's being a whiny baby about a dumb spider. If you really want to keep the spider, make a little home in your office so Michelle doesn't have to worry about it getting into her area. Maybe even take it on little walks, I don't know, but treat it like you would an actual pet. Everyone sucks here. I'm on team don't kill the spider as I live by a general policy of not killing anything without cause. However, and I can't stress this enough, you are in a workplace and right now this thing with your coworker is making you both look petty as F. This kind of childish nonsense dispute isn't appropriate for a workplace and your colleagues or superiors are going to think of you as someone who isn't professional because of it. Just remove the spider. Release it into the wild or take them home. Everyone sucks here. It scares her. Your coworker is forced to be there. It's a bug. Holy crap. Take it outside or squish it. In the same vein, Michelle is an a-hole too. Someone's afraid of the dog. It shouldn't be there. Tell her that people are afraid of her dog. Tell her you'll remove the spider if she removes the dog. So that's today's post. What are your thoughts on this one? Do you think OP is the booty hole? Does Michelle have a valid argument? Do you have any similar workplace experiences? We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash am I the booty hole and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone. Welcome back to r slash am I the booty hole, censored for the Google algorithm in your precious ears. r slash am I the booty hole is a subreddit where anyone can post a scenario and Reddit commenters decide whether or not they think that person is at fault. Today's scenario, am I the booty hole for not giving up our table to an autistic kid? Okay, so a few days ago I went to a nice cafe with my friend. We decided to sit in a corner that was close enough to the bar. We didn't even take our jackets off yet, and a young teenager, 13 or something, came toward us. I always sit there. Oh, well, it won't bother you if you sat somewhere else, would it? The kid suddenly starts screaming for his mother, and she came ASAP. The kid told her in tears that we, quote, stole his favorite place and pushed him away while doing so. We didn't even touch him. His mother comforted him and told us with a painfully forced smile that they always sat there since he was a baby and that it was their special spot. I politely told her that I wasn't planning on moving since we had this table first. The kid starts screaming, letting himself fall on the floor while his mother started to yell at us for being, quote, rude and unreasonable people and that her son is autistic and doesn't like changes. People were now looking at us and quickly the manager came. They clearly knew each other, and the mother started to say that they were loyal customers, coming every two Friday nights since the birth of her son, and that she wouldn't be throwing a fit if the manager didn't just ban all those rude young people. The dad just stood there and glared a bit at us, but that's it. 
After a couple of minutes, they left while pulling the kid out of the place. My friend told me that we just had to move to another table to avoid such things since autistic kids or people will get frustrated if things don't go their way. Am I the booty hole for this? Edit. The place was already full and the only tables that were free still had dirty plates on them. You know that meta post the other day about how a judgment on this forum may be, quote, it was your table and they're entitled, not the asshole, but the rest of the world would think you are? Being an asshole doesn't mean you're legally in the wrong or you don't have cold logic on your side, but a stressed out mother of an autistic kid politely, at least initially, asked you for an easy favor and you responded haughtily. Her reaction after your refusal was not appropriate either. Everyone sucks here. Cheers! I agree completely. Of course they were not obligated to, but it would have been a small kindness that would have helped a stranger out while barely impacting OP's life. I try to do small things like this whenever I can. There is so much shit and hate around us, and I am never going to cure a disease or have millions to donate, but F it. I try to do the little things where I can. That's totally fair and a good way to look at it. As someone who spent a lot of time in restaurants, I probably would have moved not for me or for the mother and kid, but just because I know it would make the restaurant managers and other customers' lives easier. We can blah blah all we want about not giving in to quote the demands of entitled people, but I think in this case I would have looked at it like, you know what, this isn't a fight worth having. It isn't my responsibility to show the kid that he can't always have his way, and taking a different table and diffusing the whole situation would just make me feel better than watching all of these uninvolved people deal with a tantrum they didn't ask for. I like this response, but I hate the way people talk about quote showing autistic kids that they can't always have their own way. Autistic kids never get their own way. They're forced to attend schools where usually the other children constantly bully them. The routines are often set up in ways that confuse and overwhelm them. The walls and carpets might literally be painful to look at and or touch, and they're expected to do work that exhausts them in rooms that are painfully loud. They ask for things that seem small to them, like if they can go and do their work in a quiet space which won't give them a headache. Or if they can sit on the floor rather than on a very uncomfortable chair. Or if they can wear clothes that don't hurt them instead of a painfully scratchy school uniform. Or if they could please just have some plain foods rather than the intimidating complex ones with sauces on. And they constantly get told no because they have to follow the same rules as everyone else even though those rules were never written with their needs in mind. And then regular kids who aren't getting bullied and who don't feel their eyes burning at the carpet colors and who don't have headaches from the overwhelming teeth on edge grating scratching of others' pencils and who don't find the school uniforms painful or the normal chairs uncomfortable, tell them that they have to share their toys. Autistic kid says no, this is my one respite in yet another awful day full of awful things which I have done my best to endure and I deserve an effing break for once, so I'm going to have this toy for myself for a bit and try to calm down from everything else I've dealt with today. Except they're not very verbal, so they don't say that, they just say no. And the other kids snatch the toy away and say you just can't hog it for yourself, you can't have everything your own way. No effing wonder the kid starts bawling. I love this. This was an easy, direct way of explaining just a snippet of what it's like to be autistic. I can't imagine what that's like and now have even more empathy. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. 
I have an autistic 10 year old and I hear all the time, you have to teach her so she can't just throw a fit to get her way. You can't always be giving in to her. Not everything can be her way. She has to learn. My poor kiddo suffers every time she has to leave the house. With loud people, bright lights, strong smells, being forced to wear bras that are horribly uncomfortable for her. Everything is just torture and so she whines to go home. She sometimes melts down or freaks out. Not her fault. She isn't being a brat. She is suffering. I homeschool and that helps, but everything is hard for autistic people. Everything about the world is hard and they are never, ever getting their way. Ever. So thank you so much. This is off topic, but I wanted to say that I think people don't recognize this and that your response was very insightful. As humans, we try so hard to label and categorize other humans, forgetting that we truly are all different and that although we may have some similarities, we're all unique. Truly a great answer. Oh good, it is not just me. Everyone sucks here. OP, there was nothing about that table that appealed to you except you got there first. It sounds like there was going to be another table available really soon. It sounds like you had just gotten there. It sounds like it would have been absolutely no trouble for you to move. And it sounds like you knew that 13-year-old was challenged and not simply entitled. Not getting that table caused him great distress. Should his mom have acted differently and prepared better? Absolutely. She's the booty hole. But so are you. Everyone sucks here and I'm so glad someone said it. This could have been used as an example for that meta post if only it had appeared earlier. Perfect example of, you're not wrong, you're just a booty hole. The kid asked nicely at first. They hadn't ordered, didn't have any food, etc. It would have been such a small thing to wait 30 seconds for another table, but OP is petty and childish. I got here first, screw you, is playground reasoning. Right? I can't imagine having someone asking me to do them a small kindness and refusing just because I was there first, or something equally petty. And to all those people saying that the mother should parent her kid better, sure. But I highly doubt that's why OP refused to move. Quote, the mother should parent her kid better. That always gets me with autism posts. At some point, you really can't parent that shit out of them. It really stresses those kids, and no amount of love or discipline is going to fix it. And you can't just keep them locked at home. People being willing to let them have a table so they can still occasionally go places normal people hang out makes a big difference. And sure, mom sounds like a handful in this post going all, quote, but we're regulars, you have to throw them out. But there's a real possibility here OP is embellishing the situation in their favor. I've done my fair share of service work and mentioning other tables dirty plates like it somehow means they are just not an option is a real flag for a different kind of difficult customer breed. I agree, and there are probably ways to help this kid cope better with these situations, but mid-meltdown in a busy cafe is not the time. God, yes, this. People are always so concerned with blah blah, cold hard world out there, the kid has to learn to cope. Sure, I'm denying this kid's needs, but I'm somehow being helpful by teaching him to be strong. Blah blah, character building. There are kinds of therapy which teach people to quote, get over it and deal with things to learn that they aren't so bad after all. Exposure therapy type deals. You're scared of spiders, so you force yourself to keep looking at spiders until you're able to do so without freaking out. Thing is, 
All of those therapies rely absolutely on consent and taking it at the patient's own pace. First, you get a tiny little spider and look at it on the table in a safe environment where someone holds your hand and you think, oh, huh, this isn't so bad. Maybe this isn't worth having a panic attack about after all. You breathe. You get to feel comfortable. That reduces your brain's association between this trigger and stimuli and the stress and fear response. Then, once you feel comfortable, you upgrade to a slightly bigger spider, again, in a safe environment. The aim is to always keep the patient feeling comfortable so they unlearn the association between the stimulus and the fear. You don't get rid of someone's fear of spiders by throwing buckets of tarantulas at them, yelling, I'm helping! See? There's nothing to be afraid of! You just need to buck up and stop being such a wimp! Why are you running and screaming? If this kid wants to learn to cope with not having his favorite table, first he needs to be actively engaged with that and consenting to that goal. You need an alliance between the therapist and the patient. That's the best predictor of success. You try a small experiment at first, like sitting at the right table but maybe in the wrong chair, and keep everything else the same so the kid feels as comfortable as possible. The aim is always that, huh, this isn't so bad after all response. Maybe after getting used to that, they could try sitting at a different table for a bit, with the option to go back to the usual table straight away if it became overwhelming. It might only be five minutes at the new table at first before fleeing back to the familiar table, but maybe later the kid will spend entire meals happily at other tables. Or maybe the kid will experiment and try his hardest and learn that he just won't ever be comfortable sitting at other tables, in which case you add that to the list of things you need to remember to work around. People who see autistic kids having meltdowns and think, ah yes, this is the perfect opportunity to teach them a character building lesson in not being able to have what they need. Not a safe environment with a therapist, but right here, right now, while this person is in distress, because I personally felt I wanted to teach this lesson and I will inflict that lesson no matter how completely non-receptive my student is. Those people are basically subscribing to the tarantula throwing school of quote, helping arachnophobes. I'm gonna have to disagree with you as an autistic person. Opie had the table first and there were no other clean tables. Listen, I have had public meltdowns and been deeply upset by changes in routine throughout my life, but that isn't the fault of strangers. It was the job of my mother and my therapist to teach me coping skills for the occasions where accommodations weren't possible and to make me understand how to treat people kindly. If my coping skills failed, I was removed from the situation. The parents are the assholes for trying to force a stranger to give up his table rather than helping their son cope. Mother of a severely autistic 20-year-old daughter. For years now, our policy has been, if you scream, we leave. We used to leave a lot. Now it only happens a couple times a year. It's not punishment. If she is screaming, she needs a break. Her verbal skills are minimal, and screaming is her last resort. A quote, I can't take it anymore, response to stress. So we leave and go home and relax. Giving her what she wants to end the screaming would be a temporary fix. The toy or candy will only keep her quiet for so long and then she will start screaming and want more. Why? Because we would have taught her to soothe herself with stuff. I would agree with you if the kid hadn't lied. If he's autistic, he may not be able to control the tantrum reaction to not getting the right table, but he deliberately lied and accused OP of assaulting him. At that point, I'd be saying F that kid and his parents.
Exactly this. OP declined before the tantrum. However, there wasn't a way to know this kid was autistic and not only entitled. Kids with autism don't wear tags. When mom came, he accused OP of an assault. If he were to move, he may as well have admitted to assaulting the little booty hole. This is perhaps one of the key differences between am I the booty hole morality and normal morality that I see. Yes, technically speaking, you're not obligated to do things for strangers. And honestly, even your siblings or parents. That said, there comes a point where refusing to do a kindness at a minuscule loss to yourself becomes booty hole behavior. Being unwilling to help another human being out when the cost to you is small makes you a booty hole. The line of what small is should be what varies between individuals. Not the booty hole. The mom is, though, not the kid. He is acting the only way he knows how. The mom must know that it's a public place and therefore the table can't be guaranteed to be available. If she was that desperate to guarantee the table, she could ask the management. She clearly knows them. Not the booty hole. Part of helping children with disabilities of whatever kind is teaching them coping skills. My otherwise normal nephew had ADHD. He was on meds for a number of years until they weaned him off them after he'd been given coping skills by my sister and the various people who worked with him. I realize autism comes in a range, but it's up to the caretakers to arrange the autistic person's public encounters. If the restaurant table was someplace they sat at every Friday at a particular time, surely the mom would have a standing reservation at that restaurant. That the manager didn't actually do anything makes it seem they don't actually come there every Friday at the same time. That there were no other tables available also makes me think the mom told her son to go grab the table since OP and friends had obviously just sat down. As an autistic person, while I can definitely cope with frustrating experiences, it is extremely tiring to do so to the point that sometimes I would have to just go home rather than deal with it, no matter how calm about it I've learned to appear. The kid, and the mom, need to learn how to be polite about it, but it would be really nice if others could be accommodating when asked ni nicely if it isn't too inconvenient for them, rather than just saying that it's for our own good to learn to deal with it. But yes, in this case, the mom could have done more to prepare and should not act entitled or teach her child to do so. Recently, I had someone ask me and my friend to switch tables so that they could have a view of the TV in order to watch a football game. He was nice about it, so we agreed, and it was totally chill, no problem. I generally wouldn't be brave enough to ask someone to accommodate something related to my autism, though, because people are a lot less likely to be considerate if someone's discomfort isn't considered, quote, normal, and will often either dismiss it or say the person should just not be that way. Not the booty hole, though, because they were rude, and there were no other tables. Not the booty hole. I am the mother of a child with autism. These are the kinds of scenarios we prepare for when going out. It's part of life. The world does not revolve around my child because he has special needs and he needs to learn how to manage that. Thank you. You are a good mother and a good citizen. I'm mildly on the spectrum of autism myself and my parents never used my special needs as an excuse for me to misbehave in any way, etc. They taught me strategies and taught me to accept change also as it inevitably will happen around me. Granted, it may be easier for someone, quote, lower on the spectrum, like me, but there are other things you can do, 
Even if you can't teach those sort of coping strategies, you can work around them. Like, this woman should have thought about reserving that table ahead of time, etc. She should not have allowed her kid to throw a tantrum, though. As another mother of a child with autism, I just want to applaud you for this answer. I also spent some time working as a para in special ed. This mother is doing the child no favors by using his autism as an excuse for poor behavior. The only way for our kiddos to reach their full potential is for us to support their ability to cope and adapt in these everyday situations. Exactly! My daughter is autistic. If we were on our way to a restaurant with a favorite, yet not guaranteed, spot such as this, the main focus prior to arriving would be helping her accept that the seat may not be open. And that's okay. Wow, I can't believe this sub. It's gone to absolute shit. Yes, you're the booty hole. He has autism spectrum disorder. I wish more people would educate themselves about it and the certain tics, routines, etc. Unless the place was full, it wouldn't have killed you to move. It would take you less than five seconds. You caused that boy so much distress because you lack compassion. Reddit will tell you that you are right and the child's a brat or the mother's entitled, but for the love of God, you were so wrong. This whole no one has preference over anyone else attitude that Reddit has does not spill out into normal social interactions. You're an unbelievable booty hole. You should be ashamed of yourself. People really out here acting like someone with autism could just behave in neurotypical fashion. It's a spectrum. Just because some autistic people can do this or that doesn't mean it's feasible for others. That is the nature of autism. It costs zero dollars to show a bit of kindness and compassion. Thank you. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills in this effing thread. OP is absolutely the booty hole. And you know what? While it's fascinating to see all these Reddit parenting experts sit here and circle jerk over the proper way to raise a special needs child, which I'm sure they're all experts on, for me, that's not even relevant. Like, even if there was no autistic child, even if he didn't have a meltdown, OP would still be the booty hole. If the woman just came up and said, oh, our family has a little tradition where we sit here on Fridays, would you mind if we took your table? Then OP would still be the booty hole simply because he refused to just perform the most basic act of human kindness at essentially no detriment to himself except maybe a two minute wait while they cleaned the other table. Myself and literally anyone I know would gladly just move tables if someone wanted ours for any reason because clearly it's important to them and it makes zero difference to us so why would we refuse? If adamantly taking a stand against having to express even the slightest amount of human decency because you have no legal obligation to move doesn't make you the booty hole then I don't know what effing does. So that's it for the post, guys. Wow, I feel like these are some of the most compelling arguments I've seen so far in one of these Am I the Booty Hole posts. I know I changed my own mind several times just reading through these posts. I think at the end of the day, I guess I feel like I really liked hearing the comments from uh, parents of people on the spectrum. And then... Uh, so I guess that gives some great perspective into how the mother could have definitely handled things differently. And then I also liked hearing uh, people talk about how it was just common decency, right? I think OP could have maybe just stepped outside himself a little bit more. So I think there's there's some fault on both sides, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Have you ever been in a situation like this where you uh, stood up for yourself and refused to give someone something and then maybe thought better of it later? Or um, do you have any exp experiences with uh, people on the spectrum in your own life? If you guys do have those experiences or those stories or have 
have thoughts about this post, we'd love to hear those and more in the comments below. As always, if you like the video, leave a like or a comment in that discussion. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to see more and hear more posts from r slash amithebootyhole and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening.